All right, church, grab your Bibles real quick. Grab your Bibles, remain standing for just a second. Just a second, we'll read a few verses. First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter number 16. First Chronicles chapter number 16. I want to, uh, I got probably way more information than I have time, uh, so I want to try to get with it real quick. Uh, this is the first Sunday of the year. And, and, and I think you need to start out with everything's important and every Sunday's important. But uh, I, I've just, I, I've got something on my heart and, and that I want to, I say I've, I'm burdened, concerned, uh, uh, sensitive about it right now. Uh, and, and I want to talk a little bit about the subject worship. <clears throat> worship. Say that with me. Worship. Worship. Uh, when, you, when you bring up the, the topic, you know, it is, it is a topic of discussion. It is a topic of sometimes controversy. Uh, you, have, you have, you know, people that say, I, I, I like traditional worship or, or I like uh, a contemporary worship. Uh, but here's the thing. Worship is worship. Worship is worship. You know, you can sing traditional songs and not worship. And you can sing contemporary songs and not worship. You can sing contemporary songs and worship. And you can sing traditional songs in worship. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, methods or stylistic preferences this morning. That's not, that's not the deal. And if, if that's what all you think it is, you, you, you don't get it. Uh, the, I want to talk about the essence of worship. The essence of worship. What is worship? What is worship really? Because I'm afraid there's so many that don't get it. They just don't get it. And some, some reasons for that is there, there, there are a lot of unconverted people uh, in the house of God. And, 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 and listen, and, and you, if you're unconverted, you can't worship. Because the Bible says God is spirit. John 4, God is spirit. And uh, if you're going to worship him, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. And if your spirit is dead, you, you cannot worship. Are y'all with me? And so, so we have this thing going on, all right? Uh, so let's look in 1 Chronicles chapter number 16 in verse number 7. Verse number 7. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servants, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Now... From verse 7 to verse 12, those are the actions to take. Now he begins to tell them and, and, and remind them of why they should worship. He is the Lord our God. Say amen right there. Amen. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, even the covenant which he hath made with Abraham and of the, his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law unto Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan and the lot of your inheritance, when ye were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for his sake, or for their sakes, 
saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord. Say it with me. For great is the Lord. Say it again. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I feel a little God right there. Amen. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are nothing but idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give. Say that with me. Give. Say it again. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let's read 28 and 29 together. Will you you read it with me? Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for this place. Lord, I'm so glad to know you. And I'm even more glad you know me. I pray that you'll bless us now. Bless your word. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to worship in spirit and in truth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I I want to read those last two verses again. This is coming uh, from David. If If we want to learn something about worship... I don't think I don't think that we could go to a better teacher than David. I don't think we can go to a better person, a better representative, a, pre, a better example than King David, a man who it, the, the Bible says was after God's own heart. Are y'all with me? Listen, King David is saying, and he is instructing his people. This is a, uh, to understand this. We we find that they have brought the, the the Ark of the Covenant, which was symbolic of the presence of God. It is back in its rightful place. They have made a tent for it and they have put it in place. And now they are beginning to celebrate and they're beginning to worship God. And David is instructing his people. David is instructing his worship leaders, if you will, uh, and, and what to do, what to say, and everything about this and encouraging them to worship. In the last two verses we read, it says, Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If you go through the Bible, you'll find different people worshiping. The very first time the word worship is mentioned in the Bible, it is with Abraham taking Isaac up to the mount and to offer him unto God. And so what is worship in this instance? It's giving your best to God. He was offering his best. He was offering his son, his only son, his well-beloved son, the apple of his high. He was giving his best to God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. 
we find again, let's just keep going through. There's so many examples, but what about the wise men? We just read this just several weeks ago. The wise men came, and when they got to the house where this little lad was, they went into the house, they fell down before him, opened up their treasures and gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Are y'all with me? Say amen. They gave out of their treasures. They gave out of their best unto him. They said they fell down in worship and gave. Are y'all with me? You see it. You see something happening here, all right? Then we find, then we find Mary comes and, and she's, she is giving him, she brought her alabaster box, something very precious, something very expensive. She came and broke it over him and anointed him and worshipped him and gave her best to him. What about the sinful woman who came when he was in Simon's house? This woman who was a sinner. This woman who had a horrible reputation but she found salvation in Jesus Christ. She found and heard and was forgiven and she came into his presence and fell down at his feet and began to kiss his feet and wash his feet with her tears. Are y'all with me? She's giving her best, her best affection and her best love to Jesus. There's a common denominator with all these. There's a common denominator with all of these in the verses we just read. Give unto the Lord glory due his name. Worship is about giving. Worship is about him. Say, preacher, what, 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 what's the big deal? I'll tell you the big deal. Is we sometimes, I think we have mistaken worship for entertainment. And we come looking to be entertained more than we come to worship. Now before you get angry at me, let me give you the definition of entertainment. Entertainment. Here's Webster's Dictionary. The action of providing or being provided with amusement or enjoyment. An event, a performance, an activity designed to entertain others. In other words, if we just use our terminology, put on a show. Put on a performance. Do you know how many people are all across this country today have gone to a place to watch the show? They come to watch their their favorite singers, their favorite speaker, their favorite whatever. And and listen, the the Bible says in the last days, people shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Just tell us what we want to hear. And listen, they are flocking. They are flocking to psychologist pastors. And motivational speaker pastors who are just tickling their ears and telling you can have your best day now and just telling them what they want to hear and they're coming for the show. Now here's the problem. If you're coming to be entertained, the entertainers have to continuously get better and more provocative and more expressive Because when you are being entertained, if you come to see the same old show, you get bored. And if you come, don't don't nobody raise no hands or point at nobody or nothing. (laughs) But here's the phrase. 
I tell you, I just, I just really didn't get much out of church today. That means you don't get it. That means you don't get it. Every instance we said and we read about, about worship was giving. Now, I mean, I'm not even talking about money. Now, it was in there. They gave him a gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and, 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 and Mary gave something very extravagant and very generous, but I, I'm not even talking about that. Did you come with the mentality today to watch the show and get some enjoyment? If so, you came to be entertained. Now, the problem with entertainment is, is it's very, it, 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 it will not edify. It will amuse. It may touch your feelings and it may touch your emotions, but it'll never touch your soul. And, and listen, there's two groups of people that crave entertainment. The unregenerate and the immature. Are y'all with me? Listen, I, I, I remember growing up, my favorite time was recess. <laughs> Not English. As you can tell, not, 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 not arithmetic, not any of that stuff. I, I wanted to play. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be entertained. Does this make sense? And, and, and here's, you say, ah, no, preacher, you're just getting a little extreme. Well, here's what worship, here's the, the def, definition of worship. I'll give you Webster's, then I'll go to the Hebrew and the Greek. So we'll have three different languages here. Worship, Webster's Dictionary, 1828. Chiefly and eminently the act of paying divine honors to the supreme being or the reverence and homage paid to him in religious exercises consisting of adoration, confession, prayer, thanksgiving, and the like. The word worship in the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, is shaka, which means to prostrate, to fall down, showing obeisance, lying, stretched forth, out, face downward. Perscunio is the Greek word. It means to prostrate oneself in homage or to kiss as a dog would lick its master's hand. That is a far cry from the definition of entertainment. And here's what, here, let, me, let me say this. When you, have to, when you have to entertain people to get them, then you will have to entertain them to keep them. And if your entertainment don't get a step up all the time, then they're going to get bored with it and then they're going to seek the church who does better entertainment. And you will keep having to go to extremes and keep having to go to extremes and keep having to go to extremes to have a bigger and better show and a bigger and a better show and a bigger and a better show to the point that you'll actually pay highway to hell in your service on Easter Sunday. And that's not rumors. I've watched a video. I cannot even imagine or fathom how you could even come close to unthinking that that was okay. But you got to have a bigger show. You got to be more provocative. You got to be. 
But see, here's what entertainment does. Here's what entertainment church does. Here's what entertainment worship does. It makes it all about you. If I don't get my amusement, if I don't get what I want, if I don't, if I, if I, if I, it's self-centered and not Savior-centered. Does this make sense? And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'll tell you what, he must have, no, no. I can can worship, I can worship with Chris Tomlin. But I I can worship with with a bluegrass song. I I, I can worship with with an acapella song. Uh, 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 Oh, help me, Jesus. What's the, uh, uh, give me a, give me a bluegrass group. It's it's an older type and the name is, uh, oh, what's the name of that group? They sing a song. They sing a song about heaven. It's, it's totally a cappella, no music at all. They just sing. And buddy, I'm here to tell you, it is unbelievable. So it's not the genre. I'm not. I'm not complaining about contemporary churches or traditional churches. I, that's not what. That's not the point. But the point is, are, what are we coming for? Are we coming because it's about Him? Are we coming to give glory due unto His name? Are we coming to give our best unto God? Are we coming to be entertained? Y'all with me? Did you come this morning to give or did you come this morning to get? Now, before you want to throw stones and rocks and everything, I think when you do, and and if you'll hear me out, if I can finish this, you'll understand that when you do truly worship, you do get. But that's not what you come for. Does this make sense? Say amen. Say, preach, I don't know why this is such a big deal. Because God said it's a big deal. Let me tell you what God said about it. In Deuteronomy chapter number 5. In Deuteronomy chapter number 5 verse 6. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt bow down thyself unto them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. What is he saying here? I am it. I am thy God. There is none other. Don't put anything or anybody else in front of me. Worship me. Serve me. Love me. Are y'all with me? Look what he says. In Deuteronomy chapter number 6, he begins to instruct them about their children. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And you know what he's saying? Everywhere you go, whether you're in or whether you're out, whether you're up, whether you're down, tell your children, love your God. Serve your God. Make God the priority of your life. God is more important than an education. God is more important than a hobby. God is more important than a career. He is first. Are y'all with me? 
Now, you say, oh, that's just Old Testament stuff. Well, let's go to the New Testament. There was a lawyer that was trying to trip up Jesus and trying to ask Jesus and said, well, what's the greatest commandment? What's the number one? What's the biggest one? What's the best one? What is it? Jesus says in Mark 12, 28, and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked, what is the first commandment of all? In another gospel, he says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. You know what Jesus is saying? It's priority. It's number one. It's critically important. Our worship of God is important. When you, when, you look at the, when you look at how they, they, they put the, 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 the tribes together in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel, they had the center. <clears throat> they had the center. When they would make camp, they would have the center, and that would be the tabernacle. That would be where the Ark of the Covenant was. That would be where the, the, the Shekinah glory was, the glory cloud. Are y'all with me? The flame of fire by night, it was there in the center. It was the presence of God in the center. And do you know all the tribes, all 12 tribes were to camp around it. Some to the left, some to the right, some in front and some in back. They were equally spaced around it with all of their tents facing the tabernacle. So when you got up in the morning, what was the first thing that you saw? It was the presence of God. When you went to bed, the last thing you saw was the presence of God. He was priority. He was center of their universe. And you know what he's saying? When it comes to worship, I'm the most important. But when we have entertainment and entertainment-based worship, we become the center. And God becomes secondary. We can only worship Him if we get what we want. And that's, not, that's, that's just not the way it's supposed to be. We wonder why we have no power today. Now, now keep in mind, keep in mind, guys. I'm not, I'm not aiming at any stylistic preference. What I am saying is you can or cannot worship with either one. It's not about the type of... I'm talking about what's in your heart when you get here. And by the way, worship is not a one one time a week deal. Worship is a culture. Worship is a lifestyle. Do you realize realize when Abraham... I'm not even the outline. I don't know how we're going to do this. But we'll just get as far as we can. Amen? When Abraham went to the mountain... The very first time the word worship is used in the Bible, he says, me and the lad will go yonder and worship. Do you know there was no choir? There was no pulpit. There was no altar anywhere. They didn't even have an organ. What were they thinking? How can you have worship without a praise band? You know what it was? He was being obedient. You see, worship is about obedience and, and, and submission. What's the point? You, you can't live like hell all week and then come in here and sing Amazing Grace and think you've worshipped. No, no, worship is a lifestyle. 
Worship is not necessary to sing a song. Worship is not necessary to getting emotional. I can hear, man, I can hear he stopped loving her today and get all tore up. <laughs> Don't act like y'all ain't never shed a tear over, a, oh, come on, people. Am I right? Man, you listen to Chris Stapleton a little bit. Good night in the morning. He's a cross between Willie Nelson and Ray Charles. Amen. <laughs> if you heard Daddy stop praying, you'd understand right there. <laughs> that, that's not worship. But most people think if they got emotional that day, if they shed tears that day, oh, we worship today. And you know what? You're, in some way, in some cases, that could be true if your focus was on Him. Remember that, that one of the, the first songs we sung, first or second? We bless you, Lord. You know what we were doing? We were singing to him. Amen. Say amen. Come on, See, worship is, we're talking about what's on the inside. We're talking about motivation. We're talking about intent. Amen. That's what real worship is. And David, if you're taking notes, write this down. I'll do this quick. Real, real quick. David is, he's, he's, he's the man when it comes to worship. I'm telling you. Wrote many of the Psalms that you find in the Bible. Man, this guy knew how to worship. And he is instructing his worship leaders. And by the way, they had praise bands. If you go and look at that, they gave, he gave, God gave specific talents and, and, and abilities to different people to do different things. And they had all that. They had the singers. They had the instrument players. But look what he says. This, this is how I broke it down. First off, I want you to see the action in worship. Number one, the action in worship. Look at the different actions that are being taken. <clears throat> and he's instructing us to do. You see, you can sing. You can say, a, you, can, you, you can, there's all kind of stuff that we think is worship. We can go through all the rituals. But if you don't do these things, I, 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 I don't think you worshiped. This is what David said to do. This is what David said to do. Look what he says. Verse 7. Are you with me? Come on, stay with me. I'll go quick. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. That's the worship leaders and the worship crew. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all. You see what? There's? Unto him. Unto him. Talk about him. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he had done. You see this? None of this is self-centered. None of this, watch this now, none of this is centered on the worshiper. It's on the one you're worshiping. So what is worship? What takes place in real worship? Look at the first one, verse number eight. Verse number eight, what's the first two words? Come on, everybody. Come on up in the balcony. I know I have y'all mad at me, but get over it. Let's come on, come on, come on. Let's get with it. What, 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 what happens in worship? When we come to worship, we should. I, I was standing there because, see, I didn't preach this, and I know what I'm supposed to do, so I was doing it. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for a building. Thank you, Lord, for this crowd. I was thanking God for my girls and my family and my wife. Thank you, God, for my house. Thank you, God, my pipes are unfrozen now. Have you thanked him yet? 
I mean, honestly, think about it. We're almost, this, this worship service is almost over. Have you one time thanked him for something in this service? See what I mean? Amen. We've had some good singing. We felt good about it. Said, man, yeah, well, that's great. And we've yet to thank him for something. Thank him. There's more. Watch this. Give thanks. Give thanks. And I'm going to give you some reasons to give thanks in point number three. What is it? What's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? Number nine. Number nine. First three words. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Sing unto him. Well, preacher, I'm just kind of a quiet type person. I kind of worship in my own way. If you don't worship the biblical way, it's the wrong way. There's not all kinds of types of worship. There's right worship and wrong worship. There may be different styles. But if you don't worship like he said to worship, in other words, you can't come in here like this and worship. Because the Bible says offer the, the, the sacrifice of praise. That means from your lips. That means you've got to open them. That means you've got to utter for I'm not a good singer. That's why we sing together. Most of us ain't. I'll say it again. Most of us are not good singers. But when you get everybody together, nobody can tell. It doesn't say sing if you're good at singing. It doesn't say sing if you can sing like a mockingbird. It doesn't say any of that. It says sing unto him. Sing. Sing. Singing is an expression of the soul. You know what I think? I don't think we need to just sing on Sunday. I think we need to sing on Monday. I think we need to sing on Tuesday. I think we need to worship him and sing on Wednesday and Thursday. How else are the heathen? Oh, they're going to hear a song in my mouth. He said, oh, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock and established my going and put a new in my mouth. Have had you sang your new song lately? Sing unto him. Sing. You can't worship until you sing. I usually hear about just worshiping your own way. If you're quiet, that's not biblical. Yeah, I know. Y'all going to be mad when y'all leave, but you're going to get the truth. You're going to know it. Look here. Look at what else he says. He says, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. What's the next one? Verse 10. Look at the next one here. Glory ye in his holy name. That word glory. That word glory means to boast. It means to celebrate. It means to show out. It means to shine forth. You know what we should be doing in here? Bragging on God. Have you bragged on him to anybody in here this, this, this morning? Have you gone to anybody and bragged on how good he's been to you? Have you bragged on him because he gave you air to put in your lungs so you could breathe and get up this morning? Have you bragged on him because... Are y'all with me? Amen. Glory in his name. It means to brag. How, how many of y'all are grandparents in here? How many of y'all like them little people? How many of y'all brag on them? That's what I'm talking about. 
You know what you're doing? You're glorying in them. And you know what God wants? He wants a little glory in He wants us to come and brag on him. He wants us to come and lift him up and exalt him. And you know the problem in most churches today? Most people want that glory. Most people want people to brag on their singing or brag on their speaking or brag on this or brag on that. And it's about them, not him. Amen. Preach it, preacher. Just plow it deep right there. Fine. All right. I'm just telling you what's here. He's telling you how to do it. Give thanks unto the Lord. Sing unto him. Glory ye in his holy name. Brag on him. Brag on him. Brag on him. Then it says this. Oh, oh, mercy, mercy. Look here. Verse 11. Verse 11. What's the first three words? Say it again. Did you come looking for him? Now watch. Did you come to see how good the choir is going to sing or if they was going to sing a new song or an old song? Did you come to sing how good the, the, the soloists are going to be or how, how good Jalen's going to do it or how good, how good the preacher's going to be? Is he going to tell a funny story? Is he going to have a good one? Is he, or did you get up and say, God, I sure hope you're there when I get there. Did you, did you, did you, did you get up this morning like David did? This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may behold the be- that means to get a look at, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Did you come to meet with him today? Did you seek him on the way here? Did you say, Oh God, please meet with us today? Oh God, let us feel your presence today. God, I want to be in your presence today. I'm seeking you, Lord. Will you show up today in the music? Will you show up in the preaching? Oh, will you show up beside me in my pew? Did you seek him? Because if you didn't, you didn't worship. If you seek him, you will find him. And if you find him and you're with him, it don't matter how sorry the preaching is. That's good news for y'all. Y'all with me? Hurry, 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 hurry. Time is a restraint. Hey, look at the next one. See, this is the first point. We got three more. <clears throat> look what it says. Look what it says we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be giving thanks. We're supposed to be singing unto him. We're supposed to be glorying or bragging in his holy name. We're supposed to be seeking him. Verse 11, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Did you come looking for him? Verse 12. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done. What thing has God done for you in the past that you thought about this morning? You see, I've got, I've got give, sing, glory, seek, and remember. Let me tell you what will happen if you do all them. There is no possible way that you'll be thinking about your own problems. Let me just transform some of your lives right now. Some of y'all have been coming for weeks and you've been bummed out every week because you've been thinking about yourself and your problems, your issues, and your focus hasn't been on him. It's been self-centered and that's why you can't get nothing out of it. But if you'll put it back on him, he may take care of them problems. 
if you will put your focus on him, he'll put his focus on you. That's right. Number two. Number two, we see the action in worship. Can, can y'all see this? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, right? This is, this, is, this is simple, right? This is elementary stuff. This is what we're supposed to be doing when we get here. Not coming to see the show. Not coming to be amused. Right? Look at the next one. Number two, the reasons for worship. After he told them what to do, he told them why. He began to remind them, oh, ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, he that is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth, be ye mindful always of his covenant. That means a promise. Are y'all with me? A promise. Now, I gave it wrong to y'all. I gave it wrong to y'all. But, but on your notes, I want you to put first, I want you to put his promises. Well, I did have that right. I was looking at number three. I had it right. His promises. From verse 15 all the way to verse 19, he reminds them of the covenant that God made and has kept with his people. He reminded them of the covenant and the promise he made to Abraham. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. I'm going to give you this land as far as you can see. I'm giving it to you. I will bless you. I will make your seed as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. He says, I want you to remember his promise. When you come to thank him, when you come to seek him, when you come to remember him, I want you to remember the promise that he gave and the promise that he kept. Somebody say amen. You say, what's that got to do with me? He promised me this. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there in the midst I will be. He promised me, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He promised me. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He's promised to save me. He's promised to sanctify me. He's promised to come back and get me. Yeah, that's good. I'm telling you, that's good. If it's me, it's still good. He's promised. Have you thought about his promise lately? Ma'am, that'll bring you out the mully grubs. Pick your lips off the ground, throw them over your shoulder, and let's get in here and do some worship. He's promised to take care of you. He's promised to provide for you. He said, I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. Somebody say amen. Have you thought about his promises? Not only that, he told him, remember his protection. He, he reminds you, remember when Abraham went into Egypt and, and, and the Pharaoh there was going to take Sarah and God said, you better not touch her. And that happened twice. And everywhere Abraham went, everywhere Isaac went, everywhere Jacob went, God kept them protected. When the world come against them, God protected them. When they thought they were going to be annihilated and destroyed, God still protected them. Man, when I was in Israel and the, and, the, and the guide was telling us all about the history of the, of, of the different wars and the different times that it looked like little bitty Israel was going to be annihilated from this planet, there was a supernatural move from God that kept them protected. Amen. Have you thought and thanked the Lord lately that he kept you out of that wreck you almost was in? He kept you safe and he's watching over you. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. And then the next one, look, not only his, his promises, but he reminds him of his protection, verses 20 through 22. 
But then here's the most important one. Here's the most important one. Verses 23 through 26. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen. His marvelous works among all nations. Watch this now. For great is the Lord. Say it with me. For great is the Lord. Say it with me. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Why should we worship him? His promises, his protection, his person. Just because he is who he is. He is God and there is none other. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved but by Jesus Christ. There is no other God. There is no other being. There is no not many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Somebody say amen. He deserves to be praised whether we feel like it or not. He deserves to be praised whether he's done anything for us or not. Somebody say amen. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Well, I don't feel like it. Get over it and praise him anyway. He deserves it whether you feel like it. He deserves it whether you feel like he's been good to you or not. And listen, he deserves it whether you're converted or not. Amen. Worthy is he. Yeah. Revelation 4.11 says he's worthy because he created us. He created all things. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Yeah. Say Amen. Help us, Lord. Help us finish this. Look what it says. The action in worship. The reasons for worship. Then then, then number three, the outcome of worship. Remember what I said about don't don't get excited about whether we're going to get something or not? Watch this. Now, if you came with the intent to give the glory due unto his name, If you came this morning to give what is due him and what he is owed, the honor and the praise and the glory and the thanksgiving, watch what you're going to get. (laughs) This is great. Verse 27. Glory. Now see, this word glory is a different word from the other glory. Now, you remember in, in, in the action where it says, glory ye in his name, that means to brag. It's the, it's, 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 the, it's the Hebrew word to brag, to boast. This word means splendor. Y'all with me? It means glory. It means uh, uh, pleasure. It means uh, uh, majesty. A heavy weight of splendor. What's that? It says Glory or splendor and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. You with me? What does that mean? When we come to worship, you know what the Bible says? In the Old Testament it says God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? When God's people gather together, And they start praising him. 
with a sincere worshiping heart. And they start singing unto him. He shows up. He likes this a good. He wants to get in on it. You don't believe me? Look at Paul and Silas in the prison. The Bible says at midnight, they begin to sing. They were in, oh, yeah, yeah. For all you people, don't, don't worship because you don't feel like it. They were in prison. They had been beaten. They were in chains, but yet they waited till midnight. Why? That's when everybody else was shutting up. And they waited till everything got quiet. And Paul looked over and said, hey, son, do you got a song? He said, yeah, I got one. He said, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now reside. I have been redeemed. It may be they broke out in amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. And all of a sudden, God got so excited over their praise and over their singing. He rocked the house. First jailhouse rock, wave for Elvis. Church, say amen. amen. What happened? God inhabited their prayer. And by the way, I know they didn't really sing Amazing Grace in the other song, okay? But it was the only ones I could think of at the time. Say amen. But they were singing. God showed up and showed out. And you know what happens? When you go to praising and you go to really worshiping, you'll get in his presence. Brother Sam, does it not say we're one, two or three gathered? Mine ain't there in the midst. Will I? Are y'all with me? Amen. You know the coolest part about worship? It's not here in Jalen's saying. Although I like it. I wish I could put him in my back pocket and take him everywhere I go to preach. Because <laughs> most places I go to preach is pitiful. <laughs> but what happens is we start praising. And I go to feeling God. Strength and honor. What happens when his presence shows up? His power shows up. And you know what happens when we go to really worshiping? We get stronger. Chad, we we, we start feeling God's presence and, and man, we get stronger. And when we really worship, I mean really worship, when we, when we make it all about him and not about us, when it is God-centered and not self-centered, when we really worship and he really shows up and we feel his presence, man, we feel like we can, we can swing over hell on a corn stalk and squirt the devil in the eye. Right. Do I have a witness? Amen. We get stronger. There is strength in his presence. There is power in his presence. No wonder Christians are getting beat up all the time and they're failing and falling by the wayside because they hadn't been in his presence. There's something about being in his presence. Being in his presence will give you strength. It'll give you boldness. You know what it said about Peter and and the disciples when they arrested him in the book of Acts? They arrested him and they were so bold and they they could not believe how they, they just so, but they said they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Even though, even though they did kind of slide him a little bit, he said they were unlearned and ignorant men. Yet these these dummies were healing people. That wasn't from their own strength. They got that strength from being in his presence. Amen? So what's going what's gonna happen if you put you make Worship about him and Christ-centered and not self-centered. You'll get his presence. You'll get his power. But watch this. 
It says this in verse number 27. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness. strength and gladness. gladness. You'll get his pleasure. You'll be like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Nobody's got to drag me here. I don't wake up in the morning and try to find 10 excuses why I don't have to come. I want to get my shower as quick as I can, get to Jack's, get my biscuits and gravy, and get to the house of God. Because I can't wait to see what God's going to do when I get here. I love it. Can y'all tell? I love being in this place. I love being in his presence. It's the greatest thrill of my life is to worship him. Lastly, I know I don't went over. So you're going to have to be careful in the parking lot, all right? Don't you see the duty of worship? The action in worship, the reasons for worship, the outcome of worship, but then the duty of worship. Verse 28. Read it with me, if you will. Read it with me, if you will. If you got it in front of you. First uh, Chronicles 16, 28. Give unto the Lord. Come on, everybody. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Watch this. Give unto the Lord the glory, the glory, the glory due unto his name. You know what that means? He deserves it. We owe him. You see, that's why I can't determine whether I'm going to worship on how I feel. I can't, I can't determine whether I'm going to worship on, on whether or not things are going good in my life right now. Because it's, that's not what it's about. Worship is about what he deserves. Y'all with me? Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. He deserves it. We owe it. Revelation chapter, come on, Jalen, y'all come on up. Don't don't shut nothing, look at me just because they're moving. Watch this, Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy. Say that with me. Thou art worthy. Say it with me. All right, now I want you to look up and say it to him. Say it. Say it again. Thou art worthy worthy because thou hast created all things, and all things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. That means he's worthy because he made you. All right, tell the Lord. Tell the Lord. You're worthy because you made me. Look at him, not me. Say it again. And you know what? In Revelation, that's in Revelation 4, 11, Revelation 5, they sung a new song. They sung a new song. What's the, the old song was, Thou art worthy because you made me. The, the new song was this, Thou art worthy for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, nation, and tongue and made us kings and priests on this earth. You know what that means? He's worthy because he made me and he's worthy because he saved me. In other words, <clears throat> if you... Uh, are just 
a, a human being, you owe him worship. Because he gave you life. But if you're a saved human being, <laughs> if you're redeemed, if you've been forgiven, if your sins have been washed away, by the blood of the Lamb. If your name is in the Lamb's book of life, if you are waiting for that trumpet call to take you home, you owe Him worship. You owe Him praise. You owe Him honor. You owe Him glory. You owe Him thanksgiving. You owe Him adoration. You should fall before Him like a dog and kiss His Master's hand and thank Him for his salvation and his grace and his mercy and his long suffering. Would you stand and glorify him this morning? Would you stand and give him praise and glory and honor this morning? He deserves it. He deserves it. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful for your presence in this place. I'm so thankful for your mercy. I'm so thankful for your love and your tenderness. Lord, there's been so many times I've come in here with an attitude. And I've been pouting. And Lord, I didn't think things was going my way. I made it all about me. I'm so sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry for the times that I came in here. And I withheld praise. And I withheld thanksgiving because I didn't think things was going my way. Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, forgive me of my arrogance. My arrogance to think that this is about me. This is all about you. I pray that your perfect will be done in this place. If there's someone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, Lord, we've got people at this altar would love to take a Bible and show them how to be saved. If there's someone here that needs to join up, they say this is a place that God wants me to be, let them come now. If there's somebody that just feels a, a spirit of worship in their soul and they just want to come thank you, just, just, just come to the altar, use it and give Him the glory. Give him the thanksgiving. Do you remember what he's done for you? Do you remember where he found you? Do you remember where he's brought you from? Do you remember where you came from and where are you going? Oh, worship him this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jalen, you sing. If you need to move, you come. Um, move, you come. Pray. Thank him. Give him glory. As we sing. I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i made it but it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you oh lord it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it when it's all about you 
It's all about you, Jesus. Give him what he deserves. Yeah, give him honor. Thanksgiving. You know what I thought about? Taking that list. Give, sing, glory, seek, remember. And just putting it on the inside of my Bible. And before I head to church, remind myself, this is what I'm coming to do. Because we're people. Experts say you got to remind people every 21 days or we'll forget. I don't want to ever forget why we're coming here. Because it's truly all about Him. And all God's people say it. Well, we're going we're gonna to take and receive our offering. And if you're here for the very first time, you're not obligated this a bit. You're not obligated we do this to be a blessing and to honor our Lord and to worship Him in our giving. 